Before I start the analysis of this song, I would like to say I feel this is a masterpiece of modern song construction. As I copied and thought about every note, chord, dynamic, and rhythm, I was truly amazed at the depth of technique and planning that went into this work. Not to mention Billie Eilish's vocals, which are beyond words, for her technique and interpretation. Through the study of form and analysis, we hope to discover the underlying elements that make a work of art truly great, and then can use what we have learned to elevate our own works to a higher level. The overall architecture. The song is in the key of E minor, 4-4 four, four time, quarter note equals 74 beats per minute. The sections are an introduction, verse 1, verse 2, interjection, a connector, chorus, introduction, verse 3, chorus, refrain, and outro. Music is a flow of tension and calm, dark and light. This work is a model of constantly shifting shades of color, anticipation, tension, and release. The sections I just mentioned dynamically, melodically, and harmonically rise and fall as in a wave motion. The introduction. The introduction of any work sets the tonality, time, mood, tempo. And in this case, also melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic motives. It is eight measures long, divided into two phrases, four measures plus four. The first four are pianissimo, very soft. The second, piano, a little stronger. The harmony features E minor, C, A, and B major, four beats each. These are the one, six, four major, and five chord in the key of E minor, based on the E harmonic minor scale. The chords in this key are E minor, F sharp diminished, G augmented, A minor, B major, C major, and D sharp diminished. The four chord would be A minor. However, composers will often move between minor and major on the four chord in both major and minor keys. Let's listen to A major, then A minor, light to dark. A major, A minor. As we shall soon see, a note in the accompaniment necessitates this chord. Now let's listen to the four chords used in the introduction and throughout the song itself. E minor, C, A, B. Against these chords, we hear the melody in the first phrase of E, F sharp, G, and B three times, then D, E, F sharp in the fourth measure. The E, F sharp, G, and B become a motive, which we will hear often later on. The B, notice how it's emphasized. This also will become very important. As I do not want to break any copyright laws, please listen to the original recording
The second phrase is practically the same as the first phrase, except the ending features a whole note B against a B chord. In the first phrase, we have a pause, and in the second phrase, we have a definite period. In music, the first phrase is called the antecedent, and the second phrase is called the consequent. What we have just heard is the upper voice of the introduction. Throughout all my analysis, I will refer to parts of a chord as a voice. As previously mentioned, this part will come back often, so I will label it the introductory melody or theme. After the bass plays the root of each chord, we hear a syncopated figure, which is a subliminal reference to the original James Bond theme, which featured a minor chord with the fifth note rising in half steps and then descending. Here we hear B, C, C-sharp, B, the same thing, in that inner voice, one bar each, in syncopation. We still hear it, but it's not so obvious. This will return often. This subtle recalling of the James Bond theme is so striking. In this introduction, I've seen techniques similar to what Beethoven utilized, for he, in his introductions, would often foretell the future with perhaps a key change, a phrase, even a single note. Here we see not only what will happen as the work develops, but reference to the past, the perfect introduction. Verse number one. The first verse is eight measures long, divided into four two-measure phrases. The dynamics are back to pianissimo. The harmony is quite interesting because, as often is the case, it would follow the chord progression and rhythm of the intro. However, here it changes to E, suspended second for two beats, C for two beats, and A for four beats. We hear this two times, creating four measures. In the top voice, we hear F-sharp, E, and then E. But in the middle voice, we hear the James Bond theme, B, C, C-sharp. E minor has been replaced by E, suspended second. A suspension is neither major or minor. Let's listen. First E minor, then E suspended second. By replacing the third of the chord, which tells us whether it's major or minor, with the second, it creates ambiguity. Small nuances like this help make a work memorable. After we hear E suspended second, C and A twice, then there's a slight change again. In the fifth and sixth measures, it starts off the same, E suspended second, C, but then there's an A 
for two beats and then A minor for two beats. The four chord goes from light to dark. Then we go to the seventh measure, which is a C chord, and then on the eighth measure, we pause on a B chord as we did in the introduction. Moving from C to B in the key of E minor is similar to what is used in a minor blues. So the chords not only recall the James Bond theme, but they also imply the blues, which fits with the theme of this song. As an example, let me play a E minor blues, and I will label the chords. E minor. A minor. E minor. Touches of color which affect the whole work, as in a painting. Now for the melody of the verse. Phrase one is two measures long. The lyrics are, I should have known. Against the E suspended second chord, the lyric I is sung with the seventh of the chord. The lyric should is the ninth against the C chord. The lyrics have known uses the root and the major seventh, the root C and the major seventh B. The B is held into the A chord, creating a suspension, which then resolves to the root of the A chord. The reason I emphasize this is that the flow of non-chord and chord tones, such as the second, seventh, or ninth against triads, creates varying degrees of color and tension. These two measures are a microcosm of the melodic construction of the work, as I said earlier, a flow between tension and calm. Very slowly, I will play this example now so you can hear the tension and then resolution. The accompanying chords in half notes feature the James Bond motive again in the inner voice. There is a fill-in between the first and second phrase, using the notes C natural, E, G, and F sharp. The C natural, the minor third against the A chord, which contains a C sharp, is a blues note used by singers and soloists along with the minor seventh to create the blues sound. Another subtle touch of the blues. The second phrase is rhythmically the same as the first phrase, however, the notes have been changed. The lyrics are, I'd leave alone. The harmony is the same as the first phrase, E, suspended second for two beats, C for two, and A for four. The melody starts off the same, a D, the seventh, against the E suspended second chord, but then she jumps up to an F sharp against the C chord. This is the augmented fourth, or more commonly called in music, the flatted fifth. This is a very difficult jump to sing, and it's also used extensively in blues and jazz, the flatted fifth. On I Leave, this is a very dark color. Then, against the C chord, we have a G, the fifth of the chord, and then an E, the third, held over to an A chord where it becomes the fifth. So on the lyrics alone, the tension has subsided. We move to consonants. 
within four beats, we've moved from extreme dissonance to consonance to calm release. I will play that slowly. The third phrase just goes to show is an exact copy of the first phrase. Repetition is very important for cohesion in any song. The fourth phrase, that the blood you bleed is just the blood you owe, is longer, much more active, and intense lyrically and melodically. The first three phrases contain the James Bond motive within the chords. The fourth contains the upper voice of the introduction leading to a rest with a whole note B chord at the end of the first verse. Verse two. Verse two is also eight measures long containing four phrases. The second verse melodically is practically the same as the first verse with slight variation to accommodate the lyrics. We were a pair, but I saw you there. Too much to bear. You were my life, but life is far away from fair. There are a couple of very noticeable differences. First, the dynamics have moved up from pianissimo to piano. Second, the accompaniment has changed to more dense quarter note chords. chords are played with the F-sharp, F-sharp, E-E pattern in the top voice and the James Bond motive in the inner voice. Also, the bass line has become more active. And a seventh has been added onto the B chord at the end of the verse, just before the connector. A seventh added onto a chord creates more dissonance, a slight bit more tension. B major. B seventh, more tension and pull. A background pad is also added, adding to the intensity and overall increase in texture. The connector. First, the lyrics. Was I stupid to love you? Was I reckless to help? Was it obvious to everybody else? After the second verse, we see a four-bar interjection. In much of today's music, a pre-chorus introduces the chorus. However, at this point, we have this connector. Some may say it's a bridge, but the modern bridge is usually a complete section offering new material for contrast. See podcasts eight and nine. In symphonic music, with its many varied sections, connectors offer a smooth transition. The harmony for the first time changes, inferring the key of C major, especially due to the A minor 7th in the third measure. A minor 7th is a common substitute for the 6th chord in major. After that chord, though, we move back to that B, which brings us back to the E minor tonality. C, one chord. Seven, six, B, five of B minor. The melody is divided into two phrases, very low register. Phrase one, was I stupid to love you? 
was I reckless to help? The melody imitates the active rhythm of the second to last measure of verses one and two. The notes A and F sharp surround the note G. The second phrase, was it obvious to everyone else, rhythmically continues the first phrase, but melodically moves up to emphasize the note B. Notice how important the B chord and the note B has been so far. The accompaniment is the same as the introduction, except the chords supporting that introductory melody are much fuller. Now we've reached the chorus. The lyrics are, that I'd falling for a lie, you were never on my side. Fool me once, fool me twice, are you death or paradise? Now you'll never see me cry. And then the title, there's just no time to die. In the chorus, there are four phrases. From the buildup we have seen through verses one and two and the connector, one would expect the chorus to almost explode with intensity. However, the first time we hear it, the chorus is restrained as far as the accompaniment and dynamics, mezzo-piano. The vocal line is now becoming more intense and emotional due to the interval leaps such as the major sixth on that eyed and the F-sharp note, the suspended second of the E chord on the lyric fall of Fallen. The melody then rises in pitch and emotion on the lyrics, fool me once, fool me twice, are you death or paradise? Notice how the note B is used for the lyrics, fool, once, are, death, and dice. We then slowly descend in pitch until we reach the title, there's just no time to die. The harmony also has changed very subtly. For two measures, we have E, Suspended second, C, two beats each, and then A minor for four beats. We hear that twice. Then we, instead of E suspended second, we move right to the E minor chord for two, C for two, A minor for two. Then at the end we have E minor C, but now we have A minor six nine. The A minor chord with the B the ninth and the F sharp the sixth added creates emotional dissonance on the lyric cry. This chord is sustained as we hear the title. There's just no time to die. The texture of the background chords to the chorus are a mixture of verse 2, then verse 1, moving from quarter note chords to half note chords. The accompaniment is subdued as the melody intensifies. I believe this technique highlights the melody by not drawing attention to the accompaniment. I've seen this before. For example, in I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Hank Williams, the Lyrics are intensely sad, but the music is very neutral. 3-4 time, a bright key, the key of E major, and mostly chord tones. In this way, the music does not detract or get in the way of the message of the song. Introduction as connector. Now we see the beginning of the emotional buildup we've been expecting. Through the dynamics, mezzo forte, fuller orchestration, 
we hear the introduction with its ascending rising line and James Bond motive. Also, an A7 chord has been added to the B7 for more dissonance. A 30-second note descending line by the strings introduces verse 3. Verse 3. Verse 3 is musically the same as verse 2, with most noticeably the addition of a 2 16th eighth note driving drum layered over the underlying pulse of the drum set. The last phrase of this verse does not rest as in verses 1 and 2, but continues through the last measure with the lyrics, another lesson yet to learn. This phrase pulls us into the return of the chorus. The chorus is melodically the same. However, even though the drum continues, we still hear the accompaniment being restrained, anticipating the climax. After the chorus, we hear the refrain at a much higher dynamic. We have now reached the climax of the work. Against the backdrop of the introduction, we hear the title twice. The first time, it rests on a low note. The second time, we have reached the climactic moment, releasing all the emotion bottled up so far on the lyric die. The note B is used for this lyric. This note has been used prominently throughout the work. All the emotion in her voice is truly amazing at this point. The note is held for four beats, then resolves to an A against a C chord, creating a sixth. The vocal line moves downward on the syllable OO to the outro. The outro. At this point, the vocal line keeps winding its way down in a whisper, featuring the last four phrases of the chorus. Fool me once, fool me twice, are you death or paradise? Now you'll never see me cry, and then we have the title, There's Just No Time to Die. On the lyric die, we have an E minor major 9 chord, E, G, D sharp, and F sharp. This chord is used in the original James Bond theme. One last homage to the original movie. Now, to sum up some of the techniques and nuances of this composition. A constant ebb of flow of emotion through sections which rise and fall as wave motion through melodic, harmonic, and rhythmic manipulation of tension and calm. Simultaneously recalling the past and alluding to the future with motives and gestures. This is a perfect example of how music is color in sound. If I may, I'd like to make a few recommendations to anyone studying songwriting. First, learn chords on a keyboard and guitar, not to be a virtuoso, but to play chord progressions on various instruments. As I have said in previous podcasts, the background chordal layer combined with the rhythm track is similar to the first layer of color an artist applies to canvas. It influences all the subsequent layers. Two, play the drums, even with just a pair of sticks with your favorite music. Learn from YouTube little by little. It will not only help you in your compositions, but your mental and physical health, proven by countless studies throughout the world. And sing all the time, whether you are a singer or not. Get the music deep inside you. I hope you found this analysis helpful with ideas for your own work. 
For further information on matters of theory and composition, I have videos on YouTube. Also available on Amazon, The Songwriter's Guide to Melodies, a book which contains charts on major, minor, and modal keys, as well as chapters on chord and non-chord tones and song construction. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.